Are you out of your mind? Here's the debate. You're upset. They're saying we believe you. This is I thought. Gentlemen, we're live. All right, fantastic. Folks, we have a special one here for you. Episode number 154 with the one and only uh, George St. Pierre in the topic of discussion as a GOAT, uh, if not the GOAT. I uh, sent a question on Twitter uh, yesterday saying, uh, who would you say is the greatest of all time when it comes down to UFC? And it was GSP, GSP, Kirby, GSP, GSP, John Joe, John Joe Silva, GSP, GSP. Everywhere the name was coming up. And there's a few things, folks, you need to know. And this is one you may want to stick around and get all your peers on. Because there's a way for you to win this signed glove by GSP. Uh, it's all based on Super Chat, and I'll tell you here in a minute on what that is. But there's a few things you need to know. For some of you guys that don't follow UFC, but you know what UFC is. This is a man who is the eight. He's got eight career knockouts, six career submissions, 13 fight win streak, 13 title fight wins, nine consecutive title defenses, two division world champion, that's welterweight and middleweight. I think you were held as the uh, going for the most undefeated days in a row was, I want to say 2,204 days. I may be off by a few days, but some ridiculous streak of how long you went with that. With that being said, our guest today... The legend, the GOAT, George St. Pierre. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for, uh, for having me, guys. Yes. And by the way, here's what our outcome is of today's podcast. This is what our outcome is. A successful podcast today in my life. Every time I go on a podcast, I want to create a certain standard. Success for us today is if by the end of the podcast, we can come up with a specific dollar amount to get you and Khabib to fight <laughs> in, in the room. So if we can figure out the dollar amount and we get this to Dana and some of the guys, who knows what can happen? We can get the two of you guys to fight. We'll, we'll talk about Are that Are you comfortable with that outcome? <laughs> the question. We'll talk well, about that. Well, I, I, <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll All get right. into it. All right. But here's what we're doing, folks. If you do want to get this uh, uh, autograph uh, uh, by GSP, the glove, uh, 100% of the Super Chat today is going to his charity that he has, uh, the George St. Pierre uh, Foundation. He had no idea. I just literally announced it today. I haven't even brought it up to you right before I asked you. Do you have a charity? You said, yes, you do. Yeah. And you support folks who were... Yeah, uh, at, at young athletes that trains uh, for Olympic uh, because a lot of the time they don't have enough money to travel for competitions and also uh, anti-bullying. It's an organization that gives money to the organizations that, that I support. I love it. So, folks, uh, you put up the uh, Super Chat. Whatever the Super Chat is, 100% of it we're going to give to the charity. At the end, we're going to take all the Super Chat. Minimum's got to be 20 bucks to be part of this uh, uh, raffle that we'll do at the end. Samvel, at the end, if you can gather the names, we'll do the raffle. Somebody's going to get this glove, and we'll ship it over to you no matter where you are in the world, and we'll give the money to the charity. So, uh, and we may do some callers at the end for people to call and ask some questions. Mm -hmm. Having said that, George, um, with everything that's going on right now, with, with uh, the anticipation of uh, people wanting to see you come back, and you got a birthday coming up in two weeks, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think about when you see all, everybody in media is like, dude, you know what it's like? It's kind of like uh, uh, in the NBA, there was one game everybody wanted to see, one final. Like, I know you're a sports guy. Everybody wanted to see the final of – LeBron and Kobe, we never saw it. We got Jordan and Magic. We got Magic and Bird. We got Brady and Peyton. We got a lot of these guys that face. But we never got Kobe and LeBron. And LeBron says it was my fault because the year that he was supposed to go, he lost. He didn't make it to the end. Kobe did his part. I think a lot of people would be curious to see a fight between you and Khabib. What do you think about all these conversations coming up to see the two of you guys fight? 
Well, it's uh, it's always a question of timing. We we've tried to make it happen. Um, when I retired, uh, a year after I retired, we approached the UFC with that idea, and Khabib was on board. I was on board, but the UFC had other plan. They wanted to did in a business point of view, it makes sense because they wanted to keep Khabib active because they keep the ball rolling. They knew that if it would, I would only come back for maybe one fight. You know what I mean? Um, they rather keep Khabib active, I guess, and not taking the risk. And I understand that. And therefore, that's why I believe it did not materialize. However, when Khabib fought Justin Gaethje and beat Justin Gaethje, I think he took everybody by surprise. By uh, he took he announced his retirement, and if, I believe even his own people didn't know that he was going to make that move. Because I remember I was doing the the French uh, commentator on uh, on uh, the channel uh, back home, and I thought that after the fight maybe he would have called me out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had butterflies in my stomach. You were expecting I, that. You wanted that almost. I, I don't know if I wanted that, but if you would have done it, maybe I would like. I would have. I wouldn't have a, any choice, you know, because it's a, it's like a challenge that I was looking for a long time. Yeah, it didn't happen at the time that we tried to make it happen. But now it was, I think, a year after that, it was still fresh. I was like, ah, I'll do it, you know. But it did not happen, and he retired. Now, what happened? Uh, a few years after, I I, I I I was offered to fight uh, Oscar De La Hoya in a in a boxing uh, so, a modified yeah. rule of boxing match, and um, of course I'm st still under contract with UFC a few years after I retired. So um, what happened now? Because Khabib is retired and I'm retired, so now the UFC Dana called me and he's like, "Oh, now would you be interested fight <laughs> Khabib?" He asked me. He called yeah. me. But I thought it was strange because they never wanted to do it. And now, because he, he called me for that reason, I was like, I didn't want to do it, but I told Dana just to see what happened because I was curious. You know, it's always a chess game when, when the promoter calls you. It's, it's a, that's the world I live in. So I, I didn't say no. I said, okay, let me think about it. So I wait and I heard in the news that they, and the way Dana talked to me, it was like Khabib already accepted, but it wasn't true. He was just going to fish with me to fishing, see how it, to make the fight happen. So they knew now that we were both the retirers. So for them, it was an opportunity to make a big money fight. So I I, I said, I'm going to think about it. And I, I, I wait a few days and I sent the media, the Ali Abdelaziz, Abdelaziz uh, came out publicly and said, hey, now George wants to fight, but now we, we already retired. Uh, he said, so it was all BS, you know. Dana kind of lied to me. Uh, Khabib didn't, didn't. They didn't approach Khabib first. They approached me first to make it happen. So you actually think Dana kind of lied to no, you? No, no, not I think. I know now for a oh, fact. Oh, straight that, up. That, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you feel comfortable just putting that out there? I'm but it, it's the game. That's the, the nature yeah, of the of game. The it's pro a promotion. You got to yeah. realize he's promoting. Okay. It's not lying. It's in a way of saying if I have Khabib in his mind, he's thinking. If you say yes, I know I can convince Khabib because I don't know what I'm going to pay him. So in his mind, it's a yes. yes. I, it is lying, but I, yeah. I understand what that, Dana's that's also how, thinking. Yeah. That, that's how the business works. And I, I'm you, now I know. Yeah. Now I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an experienced guy. Been in, doing in, it for in, 20 oh, plus yeah, years. Exactly. exactly. So I, I know. I know the game. So that's why I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But I didn't want to say no because the reason why he called me, because Dana had a lot of heat because they didn't let me fight 
Oscar de la Hoya. So everybody was complaining. Say, like, why you didn't want to let George fight Oscar de la Hoya in, in the boxing fight? And and you hold him up. So they know now by saying, say he could have go back and tell the, the media, say, oh, why would I let George go fight in boxing when he doesn't want to fight Khabib for for mm. with the with the UFC? So he would have had a good reason. That's why he did this. He did this. It mm. was a strategic move of his part. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. It's always like this with 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 Dana. I mean, I like I like the person now. Now I'm re I'm retired. We, we've we talk about it when I was inducted to the Hall of Fame. I was like, now it's it's cool. We can have a we talk about the old days and and yeah. saying the real thing. But when I was competing, it was always when the phone ring and I saw Dana Wood, I was like, shoot, what, are, what is he gonna come with? And How I, long ago and was it, this? Yes, it, off uh, until um, like until like a year a year ago. Okay, I yeah, got yeah, it. got it. So, but now now it's over now. So now we can talk like two <laughs> friends and and. So about how has the relationship changed? When you said he would he would call you, you would be like, oh shit, what does he want now? When you were active, versus now, the 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 relationship must have changed to some some extent right i did change a lot um they know it's normal he's the best promoter in the world there's a reason why he's the best promoter in the world he's the best i don't care the don king put anybody i think they know he's the best in the world really? he can sell ice to an eskimo you know <laughs> he's just that good he's very smart but to be a good promoter you need to to use certain tools to be tricky sometimes and he did what he had to do for the best of his own interest but I did what I had to do for the best of my own interests. So sometimes it, it it conflict each other. That's why we get some some arguments sometimes. But it's only business for me, you know. It's so, not so, personal. So let's go back to it. So if today you got a call, is there a dollar amount that would get you to entertain fighting straight up with Khabib if he was also open to it? UFC card like full on the same way you fought all these years, would you entertain a fight today with Khabib? No, I would not. Zero. No, zero. 10 million bucks. Zero. It's nothing that can... 30 million bucks. I don't care. 100 Seriously. Million. Tell I, me why, though. I can have a credit card that can, I can use for the rest of... No. By the way, would you want to do that with anybody? No, because no, nobody, and I'm going to tell you why, there is no price for my health. And I'm not only talking about you. physical health. Yeah. I What took the most out of me during... My active years of, of competition, competition, it was the stress. I had a lot of stress. And I always told myself, because it's an addiction. You become addicted to this thing. It's like a drug. Winning, especially winning a, a title, winning a fight, it's, it's crazy, man. I, can, I can't describe how it makes you feel, but it, it can become an addiction. That's why you see a lot of these fighters, they... They, they retire way too late. Way too late. They don't know, you know? when to. They don't know up. because yeah. they become addicted to this. And I always told myself, I draw the line. I said, after 40 years old, at 40, it's finished. Yeah. No, no matter what happened, it's 40, it's finished because I know that my best years are probably behind me. You know, of course, when I retired, I felt that I might have left money on the table. Maybe I could have stayed there for two, three, four more fights. Maybe. Or maybe I would have got hurt in the process. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to roll the, the, the dice and take the risk. I'd rather retire when my stock is high, when I'm healthy, and I can enjoy the rest of my life. And also, on a business perspective, when you, you, you retire on top, you turn around, you have a lot of opportunities that opens to you. A lot of these doors might be closed if you retire retire on a losing street. Very good person. That's why I think it's very sad when I see some legend retire too late because first they lose their health. Yeah. You know, they get brain damage. It's very sad to see. 
and they lose these opportunities that would have been open to, to them if they would have retired on, on top. It's not a game. We don't play in fighting. We, you say you play fight, you play baseball, you play basketball, but the the consequences of a loss in this in this in this sport it's way more dramatic than it is in uh, another sport, for mm -hmm. for example. George, let me ask you two things. So. For you, um, you, you know, you look at somebody who uh, competes at the high level. We typically hear some stuff that people say, oh, that guy's just so confident. Oh, that guy's got no fear. Oh, that guy's got the reason why he's doing this. Oh, he trains so hard because he just wants to beat everybody so bad. And then deep down inside, when you go find out actually why this guy trains so hard is because this person's driven by doesn't want to get humiliated publicly. So this person's like, there's no way I'm going to lose publicly. Everybody's going to watch me. I train extra because I'm not going to be publicly humiliated. It's just not going to happen to me, right? Uh, and some, you know, uh, you said something about the fact that you always go into a fight. You got this weird feeling. You're afraid. You, oh, my God, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? And the only fight you ever didn't feel this way was Sarah where you're like, you went. I was like, I was good. I'm like, I'm not going to lose to this guy. And that's the one you lost because you didn't go on paranoid, right, that dynamic. Yeah. What, did you ever have a moment in your career that you, you not necessarily fear, but in a moment where you were fighting – something happened to the body or uh, either on the fear end or humiliation end where you said, shit, I'm, I, I don't, what am I, like, what was this all about? That either brought in the best of you or the worst of you. Humiliation as well as fear. I, I never liked to fight. I never liked it. People like, oh, you're bullshitting. No, man, I never liked it. I love the freedom, the freedom that it brings me. I love the fact that it keeps me in shape. I love the confidence that this sport gives me. I love to go to the gym, to train with my training partner, the, the camaraderie that I have. I love the science of the game, the, the art of war, the, the, the chess game of fighting. I love that. I love that, that I have access of things that most people don't, do not have access. I love that. But in order to preserve that, I needed to go take that walk and fight in the octagon. But I hated it. I despised it. I never liked it. I never enjoyed it a second. Never liked it. I like to win. But the worst part for me, the worst day of the year for me is the days that I'm fighting. It's terrible. It's unbearable. And when I was young, I remember when I started my career because I wanted to be champion. But I needed to go through that pain, through that grind in order to achieve mm. what, I, what I wanted, to achieve my goal. And I was looking around to all my training partners. And a lot of them, it seems to me that I was making fun. I was like, you guys are like psychopaths because they, it's either they were acting or telling me the truth. But I, I felt I was not in the right field of work because they, they, were, they were telling me, oh, I'm happy to do this. I can't wait to fight. And I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. Me, I'm scared. Like, I, I can't wait that it's over, but I, I don't like the process. And I, I tried to, to seek the help of sport psychologists at the time because I was like, maybe I'm not in, in the right lane. And the sport psychologist used to tell me, George, try to, to brainwash me. He goes, George, stop saying you're afraid. You're, you're excited. And I was like, it does not apply here, you know, because you're excited when you're in Montreal and, and it's minus 20 degrees and you know that next week you're going on vacation and the beach, I will be excited or, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I will be excited if I'm fasting for three days and I'm about to eat my favorite dish. I'm excited. I, I can't wait. But I'm not excited to go fight in a cage, 
not knowing if I will be badly hurt or humiliated. I'm, I'm afraid. And then I start realizing, I said, you know what? There is no courage without fear. I should not be afraid to admit that I'm afraid. Wow. And I realize also that that fear that I had makes me way more, way, way more dangerous because I realize that it enhances my power, my reaction time, my decision-making making time. That fear gives me the drive to train harder in the fear that my opponent train even harder than me. It helps me prepare even better in the fear that my opponent is, is, getting, is doing more than me. So, so what, what are you afraid of? So because for me, uh, certain words have evolved. The meaning of certain words have evolved for me over the years. Okay, it, it's, the meaning of love didn't mean the same to me at ten, then twenty, then thirty, then forty, then today with four kids. The meaning of competition was very different in my teens, then twenties, and thirties, and forties than today. The meaning of fear, fear for me recently has been very different. It's been a very different meaning of fear uh, uh, because fear to me it's been more from the perspective of. I ask myself, why, why in certain things that I'm doing, like why, why do you not stop? What is the fear that makes you not stop? The biggest fear I had was the fear of my kids dying without them, with my dad dying without my kids ever meeting my dad, like because I never met his dad. So that fear drove the hell out of me, right? So I wanted to understand the relationship with fear. What was one of your biggest fears? Like, did you, you know how you go to sleep and there's that one nightmare that you replay in your mind, like, dude, I, this cannot happen. What fear haunted you the most? The fear changed over the year. When I was young and I wanted to become champion, it was the fear of being humiliated. You know what I mean? That was the fear. And that's pretty much the fear that I had for the most part of my career, you know, to be humiliated. Then it changed to the fear of maybe at one point, because you become more aware of, 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 of what can happen. You become smarter. And it's not necessarily a good thing when you're a fighter to not to be smart, but I'll try to explain the best as I can. Is you realize that man, I've been doing this for a long time. You don't know the consequences of of brain damage at, in long terms. And you know, in my fights, I have generally always come come on top or, or at almost all the time. And I don't get punched too much. But in practice, you know, you have to go through. People always say, oh, uh, your fight or uh, you, you go, you, you beat your opponent pretty good without taking so much damage. It's true, but in practice, you practice every day. That's what, you know, to get hit on the head every day, the impact, the stress. Right. The stress, I think it's, it's one of the things that we don't talk about. It's crazy. You're on fighter's flight, you know? Like to have a, 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 a little stress, it, it helps you improve, but to, to be on that crazy fear, stress of, of, of protection that, that is like a fighter's fight, that you always have someone that, that you know in a, in a few weeks that you're gonna fight that might kill you. And after that person, once you beat him, there's another one and another one and another one. So you constantly feel threatened, threatening. And for me, I was obsessed. It's one of the things that helped me perform better is I was obsessed by the idea of, of, of being the best. I was obsessed and being a champion, being a fighter, it's a very selfish life because everything is oriented towards you. Mm. Me, 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 me. How I can get better. If I do this, is it going to help me improve? I was com I was completely insane. Everything I, I was doing at the time was to get me a better fighter. And my perspective changed. 
Because now I'm thinking about the future. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be, I'm healthy. You know what I mean? How old were you when you started thinking that? I was a teenager. I was a teenager. When I first saw Royce Gracie, I knew that's what I wanted to do for a living. And immediately my life shifted. You know, I'm a, I've never been diagnosed, but I, I think I'm a little bit op, uh, obsessive compulsive. OCD. And yeah, OCD. I'm not the kind of guy who can open the door 10 times, yeah, you yeah. know, but I have these things, for example, um, the other, the, give you some example, like, like how, how the brain works. And I think it's a good thing when you're an athlete, but in society could be a bad thing. For example, now I try to detach myself from that, but it, it's hard sometimes. Like I'm, I'm driving my car and I tell myself, and I tell myself, oh, I'm going to hold my breath for uh, 500 meters. And I, at four, four, uh, 450 meters, I hit traffic. I'm holding my breath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, shit, I'm going on the side. And yeah. I do with the extra 50 meter. And <clears throat> now I can break. This is not normal, man. This is not normal. Because <laughs> you're playing <laughs> a game with yourself. You're playing a game with yourself. I'm playing my game, but it's stupid. But shit like I this, I do. But, but now I still. Yeah. Or the other day, I, I go to um, my cousin. I, I go pick up my cousin in at school. I'm opening the door for the parent that comes out with their kids. And I'm holding the door, and there, there is a kid that 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 comes and doesn't go through. He holds the door for me. He goes, "Go, sir." And I'm like, "No, no, you go, kid. You go, kid." Now he's like, "No, sir." And I'm like, "I'm thinking, saying, if I would have been young, I was like, hell no, I'm not fucking moving until he go first. But he's like, kid, and I'm thinking, I was like, and it 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 was hard for me to go. Did you I let like, it go or no? No, I I went first and I lost. But I was like, it was hard. <laughs> this is not normal. But it, but think my brain works like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So you had like a Russian standoff with uh, yeah. When a kid is like like eight years old, like I'm holding the door and he's yeah. holding the door. Is that go first? No, no, please go first. And his dad was there. I was like, then I was like, okay, thank you. And I play like play like nothing ever. But in my mind, I was like. Argh! If that eight kid, eight year old kid only knew, he's like. By I the way, have you ever seen a movie uh, uh, Prefontaine? You ever seen the Prefontaine no, movie I, with I, Jared Leto? The, the, mar the marathon, the, runner. the marathon runner yeah. that would run like three milers, not one miler. He was yeah. like his coach is like, you're better at three. The whole Phil Knight story with the shoes. So there is a scene in the movie where he's telling these kids, so here you guys can run with me, and you're gonna practice and all this stuff. And he's at this high school, and he's an adult at this point. He's a champ, and everybody knows. And he's running, and this one kid keeps trying to get ahead of him. And he says, no, slow down. You can't run ahead of me. He says, the kid is 12 years old. This guy's 30 years old. I say, he keeps running. Like, keep trying to, you can't get ahead of me. You have to stand behind me. <laughs> he says, what is the, and by the way, psychologically, he did not want to buy in the fact that even anybody that could beat him, so they run at the end. He still tells the kid, you can't run ahead of me. So he keeps running faster than him. These are the little quirks of the goats that it's so hard to explain that somebody will write a book and will call you, you know, hypomanic, you're mentally yeah, we're, off, we're you're sick. this, you're that. Yeah. yeah. But the world admires seeing folks who are able to take the game to the levels that you took it to. I see it like a little bit like an, like an addiction sort of. It's something that I needed in the past in order to perform in my field of work. But now I... I have to let go of these things. And it's very hard to let go, man. Like, I, I, there's little things like, like that that happened to me. And people don't notice it because I, it's, it happened inside of my head, but it's hard, man. It, like, like, like my, some of my friend knows and they play trick with me sometimes. They, they like, like I'm eating sometimes and sometimes I notice I like everything lined up in my, in my table. And my friend, 
like let's say I go to bathroom and I come back, they 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 they, 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 they These are good friends. The, the, the configuration of the table and, and, and they they all laughing it. So when I come, I automatically put Straight it back. It up, yeah. And they're all like ha ha ha, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. I mean, it, it's funny, but that's the the thing. I think it's part of my of my of my duty now to try to try to let go. Why let go though? Of this. Why? It, it, do, do, I have to because if I don't, I will be able to function. And like it, my life has changed now. It's not about becoming the best fighter in the world. Like I have to 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 blend in with the other people. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it, it could be damageable what, for what, me. But you're you're only 40, 40 years old. I mean, you you still got sixty more years to live. I, I agree, but I think it will not happen overnight. I need to I need to slowly adapt mm. to this, and I I need to release release. It, it, it won't be able oh. to release everything from A to Z. I think it will take well, time th so go back though go back and ask like was there a life event i know you've talked about bullying as a kid when you were going through but was there a life event that got you to say i have to be the best at something did something it's it to say i'm gonna be the best at this game i'm gonna go all the way to the top was there a cer certain life event was it i'm doing it for my mom i'm doing it for my dad you know some this kid said this and i watched a video the other day that's going viral i don't know if you've guys seen it or not this thing got like a couple hundred million views this guy who's a boxer he's fighting the former bully from high school the bully from high school comes into the ring who knows how to fight but he's fighting the kid he used to bully all the mm -hmm. time but the kid that he used to bully all the time is now a very good fighter. <laughs> so the bully's still trying to bully him, and this guy's destroying him. I'm going to give you the video to play it here in a minute. It's a great video. I'll find it. I'll show it to you. But what was it for you that said, I have to be the best? Was it something you were born with, or did an event in your life say, I'm going to show the world what I'm all about? It's a hard question to ask. Um, I think when you care about something, and I'm a, I'm a very, by nature, competitive person, mm -hmm. And I cared about 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 martial art. I I I, um, I got really inspired by Royce Gracie, and I, and I think I'm gonna try to explain to you how I got inspired by mm -hmm. him. So maybe you will understand how sure. the brain works. I um when I was a, a kid, I, I was bullied, of course. And uh, I you start, were bullied as a kid. Yes, right? I was. Oh, yeah. I was bad, bad. In Montreal, you're saying growing yeah, up. Yeah, South Shore. Yeah, I was bullied. I was at instead of focusing on what the teacher was explaining in front of the class, I had to focus on how I'm going to get my books from my locker, reach the bus before the kids wait for me, the older kids. They had, they had a program at the school where I was. It's called, uh, in French, uh, TGE. It's uh, basically it's kids that were older than us that used to redo their grade because they, they, they couldn't pass. Yeah. So they were like three, sometimes three, two, three years older than us. But at the time when you're a kid, when you're like, seven, eight years old, it's a big difference. Of course. You have someone who's 10 years old and you're eight or, or 11, it's not like uh, you're 25 and 28. No, you know they're 30% older than you, yeah, not, it's, not it's a 8%. Huge, exactly, yes, it's a huge difference. So I had a lot of issues with this kid, and at that time, I was, you know, I was, most of my friends were a, a, a geek and intellectual people. And I, Even I, at eight years old, you're saying? Yeah, they were like kids that were more, uh, you know, like uh, Star Wars and, you know, like <laughs> I, I like that stuff, you know, like, like yeah. mathematics. And I, I was like that too, but I was very good in sport, you know, I always been like I, in my, uh, amongst my friend, I was the one that was maybe the most athletic guy in my friend. So, and therefore I was very often in situation that I, uh, when there was, they, they had, we had trouble with these Older kid, I was the one stepping in to 
you know, try to, you know, to fix it. But unfortunately, it didn't go my way very often. So on, in the street, I have a losing record <laughs> if, I, if I look in my, uh, in my child, childhood. But I start martial art as a self-defense. And uh, so if I, if I, then the self-defense become quickly a passion because things were not going well for me at home and they were not going well at school either. The only place where I felt I was valuable, I, was, I had value and I was doing well, it was in the dojo, the place where I was training. That was the only place that I, it was very rewarding for me to be mm -hmm. there. So it became a, a passion. That Part of your identity almost? Yes. And, and I learned the, the discipline there because I grew up with a lot of anger, a lot of uh, you know, negativity. And, and, and at that time, I, I, I felt a little bit oppressed. You know, I didn't realize how lucky I was to be born in a country like Canada with all the opportunity. I, I felt like I, was, I, I didn't see the world the same way I was seeing it. And if I fast forward later, one of my, my, my karate teacher died. And when I saw Royce Gracie, I saw the first UFC, I was a teenager. I saw a guy that did not look very intimidating, but he was fighting these other guys that were much, much bigger than him. They looked like bullied to me. Mm -hmm. And he looked like the victim. Yeah, oh, Royce. So when I saw him Royce winning Bruce. the first tournament in the UFC, I saw him do things that I was never able to do at the time, like revenge, taking a revenge, yep. the, the revenge, defending himself against the bully. So I believe that's why I got very inspired by what he did. And right away, I was like, man, this guy is like my hero. I want to become like him. I want to be him because I was not mm -hmm. able to do that when I was young. I want to be, I want to do like wh what he did. So I wanted to follow his path. And right away, I told my friend at the time, said, that's what I want to do. I was already a black belt in karate. By what age? Uh, I was around 13 years old. And this happened when I was 15 years old. So I told my friend, I said, I want to become UFC champion. They all start laughing. At but me. by 13, being a black belt, because I did karate as a kid. Yeah. And I remember they gave, I was like a brown belt by like age 12. But was I really a brown belt? Exactly. The, the, That's my question. Like, were you really a black belt by age 13? Like a the, legit the, badass? The, or was it kind of? The, the belt is only there to tie up your gi. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. The system of belt, it's it's a it's a it's a it's reward a business, system business yeah. thing. In, yeah. And 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 you know, in reality, the belt is supposed to be white. Yeah. But over the years, because you train so hard over the years, it becomes dirty, dirty, dirty. Mm. It becomes black. Uh -huh. You don't have to change the belt like uh, white, yellow, uh, uh, orange, green. What a concept! You want it to become naturally yes, that's black. Yes, that's how it should be. But now. They sell these belts because of the of money. Course, now course. even they put stripe in it to, to make another yes, belt in between. Yes, yes. It's, a, it's a business thing. So. I was a brown belt with black stripes. <laughs> but I was 12 years old. Any any 18-year-old would have kicked the shit out of me. A hundred percent. But but what I mean is it's not because you're you're an higher rank belt that you're more of a badass. It, uh -huh. that, it just means that you might have more knowledge than the lower mm. uh, rank belt. It doesn't mean you're necessarily a better fighter, but you, when you're a kid, you know what I mean? There's a, a, a factor of strength, maturity, you know, th there's a lot of things that plays out, you know? Can I revisit something we were talking about just right off air? And it has, the, it has to do with this concept of being the best, right? So you said, I was obsessed with being the best. Obsessed, right? And I, I, I come to think of, uh, what's the female fighter, Rose? Nama Yunus, how do you Rose say her? Nama, Nama Yunus, yeah. There, there's this clip of her um, 
even Rogan talked about it about she's just she's in the ring saying I'm the best I'm the best I'm the best have you seen her do this yes she says this I'm the best I'm the best you said there wasn't a lot that separated the guy who was number two and you were number one physically yeah right there there's not a lot that separates the elite athletes physically how much does does mentally being mentally prepared you're everything you were talking about earlier what separates the goat the greatest of all time from all stars i believe it's a lot of factor but the reason if i think rose namajunas was saying i'm the best i'm the best I, call, I think it's, it's called James Lange theory. And I'm, I'm going to explain to you. We know that your mind can dictate your body what to do. If I'm thirsty, I, I'm saying to myself, I'm thirsty. Grab the bottle and drink water. But the opposite is true too. My actions can change my the vision that I have of myself. And I use that every before every single of my fights. Because before every fight, I'm terrified. I'm extremely uncomfortable. I'm scared. However, there's a routine that I have in my locker room. And the day of the fight, my trainers know, my friend knows, I'm putting on a mask. I'm putting on an act. They all know I'm scared. And very often, I'm telling them, I'm like, shit, what the hell I'm doing here? <laughs> and, and they're laughing because it's the same thing all the time. The same, the same uh, movie that plays all the time. But I'm playing a role, so they ask me. Even the way I most of before every fight, normally I don't have a good night of sleep because I'm too scared. I'm running scenarios in my mind, and they always ask me, "How how 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 fresh you feel today?" I'm always like, "I feel great, man. I'm ready to kick ass. It's gonna be a good day." And I'm playing that role of a kind of a superhero who's not afraid, who's excited to find out how he's gonna win the whole day until I meet, uh, until it's time take my walk to the octagon and, and I have a routine that I do when the UFC guys come and I'm um, come to get me before I uh, I walk he goes Sapier he, he kicked the door he goes Sapier you up next are you ready I'm like yes one minute sir I go in the bathroom and I go in the bathroom to look myself in the mirror and normally I before I used to have a gi I was putting my gi my mm -hmm. bandana as I was doing this but I'm telling myself all the reasons why I think I will win the fight. Even if it's not true, because I don't know what the other guys does. Even if it's not true, as long as I believe it, it will transform the way mm. I see myself and will make me more confident. So I'm telling myself that I train harder than him. I put more time than he did. I have better trainers. I have better training partners. I flew in all these killers in training camp to try to test me, and I got through like a champion. You know what I mean? There's no way I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose this fight. I'm faster. I'm, I'm, I'm I have a better IQ, fighting IQ than he, than he does. You know, I'm, I'm stronger, and for whatever the reason is. And then for one minute, I telling all this as I'm looking down and I'm putting on an act. Then when I get out of the bathroom. I'm not the same person that I was when mm. I when I got in. It's showtime. And yeah. now I'm on a different... It's powerful. I, I'm on what I call cruise control. So it, 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 that's, what it, that's what it is about. You know what I mean? You, you need to transform yourself psychologically. That's, how I, that's, that's what I did. So but when the, Rose is, I'm the best, I'm the best. Yes. That's why I think she does. She's trying to transform herself, telling that repeatedly in order to start believing it. You know who used to say that a lot? Diego Sanchez used to be like, yes, yes. 
I don't know if you remember Diego. He was fun to watch, man. There was something unique about watching that guy. He, he had a good streak at one point. And, and you know why? Because in fighting, and I think in everything in life, yeah. when you want to achieve something that is difficult, you need to go all in. It's confidence is a very, very important thing. Mm-hmm. That's why you see some guys that are good in the gym, but when they get in, when yeah. when the light comes up, they, they can pull the trigger. Confidence for me, if I can make an analogy, is like, let's say you, you have someone who have all the skills in the world, but no confidence. It's like someone who has a lot, for example, a lot of money in his bank account, but no way to access his bank account. Oh. So it's useless. So when you have the confidence and the, the, the skills, now the magic can happen. By the way, I want to show this video, but uh, you were saying something about your coach. You're like, man, I'm just scared of all this stuff. Have you seen the video, the scene? We're not going to show that one. There's a scene with you. You're telling your coach, it's my, my groin. I pulled my groin, and yeah, the my, coach tells you, adduct- I don't care. Yeah, my adductor muscle. Yeah. I don't care. Hit him with your groin. Hit him <laughs> with your groin. Do you know that that's what his coach told him? Yeah, He that. stays in the corner, you're saying this, and the coach is like, hit him with the groin. Are we able to watch it? <laughs> no, I want to show you this other fight about this bully. So check this out. So that guy to the right, he's talking. to You got to listen to the audio. Turn on the audio and rewind it a little Who's bit. Who's the bully? So the bully is the guy in the black shirt. Mm-hmm. But you got to hear the audio. You'll never beat me again. You'll never beat me again. Listen. Watch what happens. The guy in the black shirt is a bully. In high school, the other guy knows what he's doing. Now watch. Uh, you see the difference in skill. It's not even close. But you, you know what, guys? I'm gonna tell you the truth. I mean, most people they they might glorify this. Me, I don't like. I don't like to see this. Oh, let me tell you the and part. Gonna, that, uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the part that makes me feel uncomfortable about this. Uh, uh, no, all right, all right. I, I don't. I do not like this because. I happen to be in a similar situation. Yeah. The the bully is a bully because maybe that's the only way you learn how to communicate. Maybe you get you don't know. I I and and I, I've I've changed my I changed my mind over that because I remember growing up I wanted to to one day take my revenge and beat up the people who bully me. But it's, it's a true story. I'm gonna tell you. One day I was driving. They they they, they used. I'll go back. It's, it will be easier to explain. When I was uh, one of the guys that used to beat me up, it was on the bus. It was um, beat me up in the bus very often. And not only beat me up, it was very men- mental, uh, pa- painful mentally for me because it was humiliating me. It was like telling me, shouting me names and stuff like Condescending that. Condescending Yes, in front of everybody because the, the cool guy were sitting in the back and the, yeah. the guy were not that cool were in the front. I was in the front. He was in the back. So when he was shouting stuff at me everybody could hear and i was on the spot it was very humiliating and something was hurting me yeah one day i i came back from school with a black eye and my dad took me he say now you're gonna tell me what what happened i never i never uh, uh snitched nobody but the one time i did i said yeah there's a guy in, in the bus i can't say his name he said he beat me up in the bus and I, i'm from a small town everybody knows everybody so my dad did, did the unthinkable he found out where the kids live. He went to see the dad. He knocked at the door. When the door opened, my dad told me the story. He said when the door opened, he could see that the dad answered the door, but he, he, was, he, he saw it was a bad atmosphere. The, the, the dad was drunk, smelled alcohol, and he could see right away that the kid probably grew up with, with his dad, no mother, 
And probably the way that he learned how to communicate was from his dad. So I was just a collateral damage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But at the time I was young and I didn't realize that it's later. I become more mature. And when he told me that, I, re I remember he was telling me that. So he told me, he told me that he talked to to the dad and he's gonna stop bullying me. But the, the day after I go in the bus, what do you think happened? Oh, you went to, to snitch to your father, da da da. Now I had to fight him again. I got beat up again and I got humiliated again. So it didn't do any good to me. Damn. Fast forward a few years after, I'm driving my car on Saint Laurent Boulevard, on Saint Laurent corner, Sherbrooke. There's a guy begging for money. Like they they wash your window, you know. I look, it's him. No the way. Guy man. that used to bully no me. No way. Where God used to bully me. So I look at him and he look at me and he saw who he saw me and I know he knew, he knew who I become. So I go I go like this. I park my car on the side and I'm walking and I could see by his body language, he was like, shit, like, I don't know what to do, you know? Like he, he, he felt like, like he looked like, a, like, a, like someone who was, who was very scared. So yeah. I look, I say, I tell his name, I say, what you doing here, man? He said, oh, things does not go well for me, you know? I was like, I need help. I give him money I had in my pocket. Wow. I said, listen, when I was young, man, Everybody wanted to be like you. You were like the cool guy. You were taller than everybody. You, were, you know, you 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 have a lot of potentials. What the hell? Where is where is your pride? How come you end up here? He said, "I know things doesn't go well." Nah. So I said, "Get out of here, man. I don't want to see you there." You know what I mean? So I got back in my car and I laugh. And this made me feel much better Holy than moly. if I would have beat beat him up. Yes. Because, it, it, you know what I mean? I would not want to. If I wanted to, I could have kicked his ass. But why? Why? Is, There's is, a difference, it, though. There's one difference, though, with this story that I see. Because I'm fully with you, you know, on, on the story you said. Because, you know, you see certain friends that are bullying you when you were small. And you're like, you know, oh, you ain't going to do shit. All these dreams. You keep dreaming. You ain't going to do nothing. So, but... He stay. He was down when you met him the second time around. Yeah, the last time around, this guy's still coming, acting like a bully, and he's being reminded. So, the the it's level true. of this sometimes in life, because what's the alternative? Let get bullied again your entire life, because that's a very emotional thing, you know, very emotional. And bullying comes in different ways. One is the fighting, one is words, oh, yeah. one is status. One is family. I came from a divorced family, and I'm Armenian, Middle Eastern. Nobody was getting a divorce. Who you or you, know, you ain't going to do shit. So I joined the army. I had the freaking same attitude as well. And then some of those guys came back who were bullying, and you're sitting out to them. What victory do I have to show how much more successful I am? There's no reason. So what you did, that story, it's such a freaking emotional it, story right there. It, when you tell a story on... How, what was his reaction, by the way? What happened to that guy afterwards? Because that's the he, part he came, of it. He came to my parent, where my parent live. Yeah. After a few months, he wanted to talk to me. I'm from a small town. He knew, he knew where I live. But my parent said, George does, does not live here anymore. For It's been a long time. So he goes, hey, can you tell him I found a, a job now? Things go well. But that's so th great. Th there's a bad ending to this story. And um, I remember I told on Joe Rogan at that time and but there's a bad ending. I went a few years after on another street corner and I see him again. And I turned my window down. I was like, I tell him, I say, hey, what the hell? He goes, Still back oh, there. things didn't go well. I'm like, shoot, he's back in. But what I don't like is the fact that sometimes the bully, I think it's ignorance. You know what I mean? It's, it's their ignorance. Of, ignorance? Of ignorance in a way that they don't know how painful it is. They don't know. Yeah. How damageable it is what they're doing, you know. Like this guy over there, he still act like a bully, but I think 
he's kind of an ignorant guy. He doesn't understand. And the other guy, I think, should be the better man. You know, I'm not saying let him bully you, but just do with the necessary force you what you need to do to make him understand. You don't have to let me ask humiliate you, him if back, you, uh, you know by the way the story uh the, the 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 bus the bully the street corner like yeah. wow ridiculous i'm getting um uh, you know the, the goosebumps but let's say you did kick the crap out of him yeah let's say you did do you think that would have had a better effect because you saw you said you saw him a few years later right it, on the street corner too, it was too late i'm sure he he's, he does not bully young kid anymore you know i'm sure he No but he it sounds like he's bullying his own life yeah it sounds like he needed some sort of ass whooping mental clarity to change right because something needs to happen for you to change yeah like this guy i don't we don't know his story but at the end of the day, when he gets the crap kicked out of him by the guy he used to bully, something's going to change. Yeah. Clearly. You know, there's a guy that said uh, uh, <laughs> the teacher gets up there who's teaching philosophy or something, and he says, hey, I'm going to prove to you guys uh, that God doesn't exist. Watch this. Hey, if there's really a God out there, you know, I want uh, somebody to come and prove to me, okay, that there's a God out there in front of, the, you know, he's saying this in front of students. Anyways. I'm probably paraphrasing and telling a couple of the story that's uh, details not accurate. One guy gets up there and punches him in the face. A student. The teacher. Yeah, punches the teacher <laughs> in the face. He says, what the hell was that all about? He says, I'm a Marine, and I wanted to prove to you that God exists. He told me to come and punch you in the face. Okay? <laughs> so the teacher's like, you're out of your mind. He says, no, you did. listen, God told me to come and punch you <laughs> in the face. He exists, right? I think sometimes all of us act cocky. Uh, every one of us. And sometimes we need to be humbled, you know, and I think it happens to all of us. And quite frankly, I'm grateful for the people who humbled me. So if somebody wouldn't have humbled me, so to me, I like what this guy is doing because we all yeah. need to be humbled at mm -hmm. some point in the game. Uh, it, it's it, as, as weird as it sounds. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm listening to you. And you're talking about the fact that, you know, you know, you know, this whole situation, right? It's like, you know, this thing, this whole situation, you know, how this is structured, all the OCD yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> There's a great book for that, by the way, two books. One of them is called Hypomanic Edge. The other one's called uh, First Rate Madness. Absolutely incredible. That says why the crazies run the world because they see world in a different lens. A German uh, philosopher once said, if a lion could speak, we could not understand him because lions speak a different language, right? Mm. Now, here's a, th here's a challenge, and I want you to push back. I'm going to give it to you. Disagree with me if you follow like, I don't agree. Here's why, okay? So I went an interview with Mike Ditka, okay? You know Mike Ditka? Mike Ditka is one of the best. Uh, he's, he was a coach of the Chicago Bears. He's oh, okay, okay. big time. He's very loud. Amer American football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. got a picture time? So okay, I, go, I, go interview, I go interview Mike Ditka, and I'm sitting with him. And this guy was the guy that would call you out. He was tough. He was like a challenge. He was a fighter. He was like, you know, he was a, a very, man's a, man. truly a man's yeah. man. And I'm sitting there, I'm interviewing with him. And he starts becoming apologetic about how tough he was on people. And I'm like, man, I don't know why I don't want to hear that. Then, then I watch a story of Vince Lombardi, a documentary. If you, if you don't know who Vince Lombardi is, Vince Lombardi, some of them call him the greatest coach of all time. Okay. Green Bay Belichick. Packers. Green Bay Packers. When you win the Super Bowl in, in, in America, they give you a trophy that's called the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, I so, because of him. Yeah. That, so because of him, right? So there's a documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. you got to watch this, bro. It's pretty sick. So his wife would say, you know, we would put events all the time, and then he would come and entertain with everybody. I just got the chills all over my body. He says, then all of a sudden he would step away and he would go to his room and he would start crying. 
Lombardi. Lombardi would cry. You can't picture a guy like this. Why are you crying? He says, because I feel like I was a little tough, too tough on my guys. Hmm. I was a little too tough on my players. I was a little too tough on my – I shouldn't have been that tough. And he's only reliving all the people he was tough on, right? Hmm. And then they go and interview the players. And the player's like, shit, we, we're grateful because if it wasn't for a guy that had these types of expectations, we wouldn't be who we are today. So, you know, I feel like sometimes when that killer instinct goes, you know – maybe you're right we're living at a different phase where it's no longer necessary to have that killer instinct. But if yeah. I have a kid that wants to make it at the highest level in any realm that he's playing, I think during that time when he's playing, there, there's got to be an element of madness. When you watch Man in the Arena with Brady or you watch Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, you watch some of these guys, you're like, dude, these guys are off. Yeah, and, and and I feel like you have to be off to compete at that level. So, do you think for you to be at the point that you're at, it's because you're no longer competitively uh, doing something that there's a vision to be the greatest in that space? So, because of that, you have to kind of leave that to the past, and there's a new chapter coming up. I, I think it's meant it's definitely more mental than physical. Uh, physically, I might not have been as good as I used to be, but I. I'm sure if I would have the same mental that I used to with the same, you know, drive, I could have go back and be very competitive and maybe be champion again. I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I think, like you said, you need to to be different. And um, you talk about the past, like my old karate teacher that that I told you uh, that introduced me to karate. The one that I, died. Yeah, yeah. I, my dad introduced yeah. me first, but he was working too much. The way he taught me. Man, he couldn't. I teacher karate instructor cannot teach the kids the same way they he used to taught me because they would go in jail. They would go in jail. But you know why? You know what? I'm I'm very happy that he taught me that way because that's what I needed. That's exactly what you said, and I I agree with what you you just said. I needed this. It, it was a different era. Yeah. It was different. My dad, the way my dad raised me. I cannot. I would never be able to raise kids like this. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I'll go in jail. I you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, it, no, it's 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 crazy. You, you know what I mean? Kid, you have kids? GSP? No, 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 no kids yet. No, it, it, it's it's crazy. I I'll go in in jail. You know what I mean? It's 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 a different time, different era. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just uh, uh, Pat. You're a you're a father, four yeah. kids. Yeah. You hear what he's saying. Your yeah. father is was probably the biggest impact on your life. Yeah, no very doubt. Tough, yeah. We talk about that openly, vocally. He was tough on you. Uh, not physically, though. No, but, never hit me. But the way that he interacted with you. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying. We, we even talked about it with uh, the tennis coach, Rick Macy, about how tough he was with... He was the coach for Venus and Serena Williams. Greatest tennis... Famous te Nick Bolletari was probably much tougher than Bolletari as well. Yeah. Okay. But you talked about the effect on kids today. As a father, you're hearing yeah. this. It, how are you... You know, digesting and processing what he says as a father, tougher back in the day versus what you're you know, my doing dad now. And I, my dad and I had a conversation, and he, you know, he's talking about you know, you know, it's it's my fault, it's my fault. There was this moment that he and I had. I'm like, dude, dad, stop. I said, whatever way you raised me, you did the right thing, mm -hmm. and I'm glad for it. I'm telling you, I would tell you if you screwed up. My dad was freaking like, he expected this. I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you were the way you were because I wouldn't be the way I am. I think the challenge here is the person that's the coach who second guesses themselves, mm -hmm. the person who makes it at the level he makes it, 
who second guesses themselves. Like, you know, maybe it was too much. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. No, bro. You would have never made it at that level if you didn't freaking. The mental torture a peak performer goes through to get there. I mean, you know, some people are like, well, I'm a, you know, uh, the other day, <clears throat> uh, uh, Brandon Schaub and Joe were talking about it. They're nice enough to say a few wor- good words, but they were talking about the fact that, hey, on the podcast, they talk about levels to athletes, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. So let's just say like, oh, you make in the top 10%. Okay. There's a very big difference between being top 10%, anything versus top 1%. Mm-hmm. Say you make in the top 1%. Oh, very different sacrifices and way of thinking to go from top 1% to 0.1%. Then the 0.1%, there is the point zero. Then So there's always levels. But to keep going to that next level, if people knew what it took to get there, 99.999999% of the people wouldn't do the work to get mm-hmm. there because nothing is guaranteed. Mm. That That's the... That's the battle, and you know, like sales. I'll 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 bring young sales guys. It's a lot easier to get sales younger sales guys to give the best and work harder because they're thinking they have a shot at one day making X Y Z. But bringing a fifty year old person, I try to tell them the fifty year old person goes and they're processing everything more logically. They're like, yeah, I remember when I got my in their mind. They're telling this. No, I remember when I was 20, I got my real estate license and I gave five years and I worked so hard, nothing happened. I lost that girl. Yeah, I remember when I was 39 years old, I started that little you know, restaurant and I put 300000 and it didn't work. You can't convince that guy to pay the price at 52 years old mm. because he knows too much. Sometimes knowing too much will prevent you from giving your best for anything. Old dogs, yeah. new tricks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it, almost not knowing and being oblivious is a freaking gift. You say they say sometimes young dumb is better than being uh, mm-hmm. like older and wiser. wiser yeah. It's true. It's true. You're not aware young of the danger dumb. of the risk. To, to Pat's point, this mental, this process that you're going through a process. I went through this. I don't know if you went through this because you you matured a little bit uh, uh, before my. But turning 40, right? You have a birthday coming up. You're you're going to be 41. You retired how many years ago? It's about five years. Five okay, years. how much? Did the number 40 affect you? <laughs> You're laughing right now. Uh, if I, if 40 it, was on my mind. I was like, holy shit, yeah. 40. Because you've been great for two decades now since you were, yeah. I mean, when did you really reach the pinnacle? Age 21? I don't know what it was. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that you're pr- the prime, you talk about performance in sport, I think it's it, it's hard to say because sometimes you have the physicality and the yeah. knowledge, you know, right. and your knowledge will always increase, but your physicality at of course. one point, you, you, you know what I mean? When the peak meets. You but know, you retired like, at age 35. 37. 37. No, no, 30, 36, 36. Okay, 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But looking forward, you saw that number 40 and you said yeah. quite clearly, I, I want the, the best to be behind me. I don't want to, you know, retire yes. too late. What did the concept of turning 40 do for you? I think it's just sometimes you physically and mentally, like physically, I feel like I don't recuperate as well as I used to. Some little injury sometimes that, that you, you feel that you you, you didn't feel before. Uh, mentally, it's, it's just a number, I guess. It's just a number. And, and, and I think as time goes by, they keep pushing back the, the age, you know, of when you should retire. You know what I mean? I remember... It was a an era that when you reach thirty, you're like, oh, you're pretty much you're at you're at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But now in combat sport, especially when you're thirty years old, normally you're in your prime right now. You know, right. thirty years old. So I, I got I got a different kind of a question for you with, with that age thing. So even today, so uh, in your mind, 
uh, you're a pretty logical, reasonable guy, but you're also a pretty confident guy. You got a good balance of both. You you don't lack confidence and ego, and you don't lack uh, 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 logic and being able to reason. Today, say you said, I'm going to go train, and I'm going to go bring the coaches, and I'm going to do real training. Like, you know how you go ask certain yeah. people, like, hey, did Masvidal really train this for going up against this? Yeah, he did. He was really, oh, this this person? That guy really wasn't training. No shit, he lost. Why didn't he only do one week of training? You kind of process yeah. that, right? Say you go and three to six months you fully prepare to fight, okay? And say there is a fight with you against Connor or against Khabib, those two names. If a fight was with you against Connor at their age today, and say Khabib agreed and said he wants to come back. We know it's not going to happen. He said he's not going to do it because when his father died, he promised his mom that he's not going to come back. And you're saying 100% you're not going to do it even for $30 million. Yeah. You say you would do it for $100 million, right? <laughs> not for no, 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 yeah. no money. Yeah. But, but if, if it did and you did train, we know it's not going to happen. But if it did, do you think you could beat a Connor or a Khabib today? If you did go six months training and they did as well. Well, if I have the 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 same the motivation to do it, yeah, I believe so. Oh, so even at this age, you think you can beat oh, Khabib yeah, yeah. and Connor yeah, if yeah. you did? If I have the motivation to go through another And you don't want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I don't have the heart. I don't want to yeah. have the, the, but, the, and, the but motivation you, of doing you were, it. You, I mean, you were kind of tying in the age factor with the motivation. I don't think no, it's I, the age, though. It's, I don't not, think it's not the, the fight, guys. It's, it's, it's the, I don't want to take yeah, the beating. Two months of my life getting, I, I don't want to waste two months of my life doing this. I just don't want to put me through the stress, through the the the, the, the grind of doing this again. Do you want to be in the hunt for another thing in your life again, or are you done being in the oh, hunt? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the hunt. What, what are you in the hunt for? Like hunt at that level of a hunt. I, I'm a, As a human being, and I'm sure you guys, is the same for you. I, the key for me is to be happy, is to... to to reach the to be the person that I want to be. And and I remember when I was a kid, I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I didn't not, I did not like what I used to see. I hated, I don't, I didn't like myself. And I was a kid at the time, I was bullied. I, I was a kid who lacked a lot of self-confidence. I didn't have a good image of myself. And I I remember that I had a vision. And, and I had a vision of who I wanted to become. Not, I'm not talking about champion and, 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 and physical. So I'm talking about, about mental, like as a person. And I fall in love with that image that I want to become. So that's what helps me to, get, to, to go through my day at the time when it was hard for me at the time because I didn't have the knowledge that I, that I have now. And I'm still not that person that perfect ideal person that I want to become, you know, I'm I'm better than I was, but I'm st still lacking a lot of a lot of thing, you know. For example, I'm I'm not a very patient person. I'm more patient than I used to be, but I'm not, you know, things like this. That the 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 idea person that I visualized when I was a kid, and it changed over the year. I'm still not there. I still, you know, I want to become that person. I'm still working towards it, and I'm not talking about championship and stuff like that. this just helped me to become more confident change it's bigger than fighting yes yeah, exactly it's better GSP, than fighting. the human the person yeah now i'm fighter. more i'm more of an entrepreneur i'm more you know it's, it's different my, my life has changed but it, it molded me to become a different person and i'm i'm still not there yet i'm still working to become that person but you're but are you in a hunt for something outside of that i mean i understand because even in life 
one can be in the hunt for what you're doing. Like I, as a man, I am in the hunt to really be curious to know what the 50-year-old PBD is going to be. I'm 43, right? I can't wait to meet my 50-year-old Patrick with David. I want to see what I'm going to be like. I'm so excited to meet that guy. I'm patient. The next seven years, it can go as slow as possible. I'm cool with it. (laughs) But I'm excited about it, right? I'm looking forward to it because I want to see what next development I'm going to have as I recreate myself. But I'm talking about outside of that, you know, are you in the hunt for something, a sport a business like Khabib is doing what he's doing Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul are sitting there Eddie's telling Jake hey you're an average boxer at best but that's still a compliment and Jake so they're in the hunt for something you know Dana's in the hunt for something Joe is in the hunt for something he's in a podcast game and he's doing what he's doing right everybody's in the hunt for something what are you in the hunt for right now I I believe I I'm in the hunt to to first to be healthy this thing is the most I think to be in order to be happy one of the most important things is to be to be healthy to be loved to be the love the 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 health i think it's part of happiness and freedom we never 100% free you know we always have responsibility and for me i use fighting as a benchmark to to have more freedom to to be able to do what i what i do and i'm still not satisfied yet. You know what I mean? I'm still working to be more free, to be have more. Uh, and when I say freedom, it's not necessarily money. Money help you to be free because you 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 can buy things and sometimes you can have a, a better lifestyle. You know, a quality of life through it. But it, that's not the only thing that makes you happy. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that's what it is. And 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 I have knowledge that I have now that I'm glad that I have, but I wish I would have had before. You know what I mean? Stuff that I've, I've learned that changed my life that, that man, I, there's so much stuff like, like I wish I would have. Do you know what I'm asking I, though? I, do you know what I'm asking? You know what I'm asking? Like, do, you, do you know what I'm asking? Like, here's what I'm asking. Like I'm asking, I, I, is there a space, not personal, not like enlightenment, which is I mean, we're all searching enlightenment because we want to get a little bit more clarity in life or freedom making more money. But are you, because again, you're 41 and you're very young, right? Yeah. Are you are you in the hunt to give your best to like, for example, are we going to see a GSP podcast coming out and that's what you're going to do for the next few years because you want to build a podcast and you want to go out there? Is it going to be, you know what, I, I like what uh, uh, Dana is doing. I feel like I can give back yeah. to the UFC world by doing X, Y, Z. I feel like I can go out there and do build one of the best uh, training facilities where young fighters come and I shape their mindset and I develop one of the best schools around the world to teach trainer, to teach yeah. fighters how to really fight. What's that next thing with you? Uh, for me, I think... It would be to to pass down my knowledge, you know, knowledge uh, that I acquire over the years, um, in order to help the next generation to to get better, to surpass the present generation. And um, I think it's Einstein. He says, "If I if I'm if I can see further than my predecessors, because I, I'm standing on shoulder of giant." Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's true in sport as well. I, I think what I can do to help the next generation is, in a way, for me, I'm working now on a project with doing instructional video. I'm gonna, that's one thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to be able to, to teach my knowledge 
to, to, to certain people that can that it will help them to not make the same mistake that I did. Yeah. So they they, they have a head start already. So that that's why when you talk about, for example, sport and performance and business, anything, why performance get better? It's not because the guy is better, it's because they have a head start. Mm. They they learn from their predecessors. And I think it's the same thing in everything. And 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 I think it's my duty mm-hmm. in order to try to help the to make the world better, to 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 pass down that knowledge. Who do you think? How how I I am able to? Sometimes I mentally, a lot of guys after they retire, they 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 become kind of depressed because they don't have that high anymore. Right. How I overcome that? You know, I I use fasting and cold Im- water immersion to to through this. Huh. And people are like, ah, it's kind of stupid, but it's not stupid in a way. Mm. Can explain? Yeah. Sometimes in life. Some people like they they feel depressed or or you know they have some problems. Everybody has problems. Even if you don't have that much of a problem, you might feel like you have a lot of problem. But one thing that helps me with fasting and cold water immersion is these. I put myself voluntary into that stress. When you haven't eat for a certain amount of days, and if you try that, ask your doctor first. For me, I, it helped me mentally. It's very therapeutic because when you haven't eaten for a certain amount of days, it's it's a very uh, basic uh, thing that you're fighting. You're fighting against starvation. You know what I mean? So all your problems, like will, all your your little problem, will go away and focus only on the problem that you're fighting of starvation. So so it's not the the fasting that will help you that will be therapeutic for you it's your when you break the fast when you mm. eat you will it will make you appreciate life and how it will make you realize how insignificant those little problems that you have are same thing when you're in a cold water immersion you're fighting hypothermia i think it's a little you know ironic I mean? as you're talking about starvation and pat had to have a little bite of food right there protein. but if you believe you will achieve yeah and i'm, I'm really glad that you kind of revisited the conversation because you said what's the next step with you gsp and he said well you know i want to be healthy and you're like no but like what do you really want and the answer that you gave was you want to coach you want to help the youth not coach uh i don't have i don't think i have the patience to be a good coach to 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 be one-on-one a good coach yeah to pass down down wisdom yes nowadays you you, i remember when i wanted to learn jujitsu i need to physically attempt a mm -hmm. class of jujitsu that's what that what it was in my days when I first started. Yeah. Nowadays, a kid can take his cell phone. Yeah. Oh, you want to learn Watch an arm? You want to learn an bar? Oh, you look online. Yeah. You know that's so, how. That's why guys. Who, who do you think is doing it right? Meaning. By the way, did you see the breaking news? Did you see what just happened right now? If you want to pull this up, crazy because everybody's asking what what your thoughts are on this. Uh, MMA world react Charles Oriel misses weight being stripped of UFC title no way yeah this just literally happened 20 minutes ago go down to read the article go a little lower so we can read the whole thing make it a little bit bigger Charles Oliver is no longer the UFC lightweight champion after losing a battle uh, with the scale. Uh, Do Bronx failed to make championship weight for scheduled fight UFC 130, uh, 234 main event title against Justin Gagey uh, Gagey Coming in 155.5 on two separate attempts, half a pound over the limit, just a freaking half a pound. Shortly after the second attempt, it was announced that the lightweight title is vacated and only Gagey is eligible to win in uh, Saturday. Wow. This is not the first time Oliveira has had a difficulty at scale, though his previous misses came when he was competing at a featherweight, 155 pounds. Uh, he has won 10 straight fights at lightweight, capturing UFC title TKO. 
How disappointing is this to lose it this way? Yeah, but it is disappointed, but we don't know the whole story. That's just the art. What do you mean by that? What, what, what else could be? Well, maybe he got sick. Maybe he got food poisoning. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of X factor. We don't. Sometimes we're, we're tempted to judge something when we see the headline, but we don't know. The, I think it's, it's sometimes we don't know the whole story. It could be just a lack. I don't think it's a lack of profe professionalism. You know, it could be, but I, you know, I have to wait to have more data on, on what happened. You know, sometimes I'm. I'm I'm under the impression that yeah, it's it sucks, you know, like especially if you're Justin Gaethje, your opponent doesn't make weight. It's not fair, but I think in this situation might be more damageable for Oliveira because that's mean if he miss weight, that's mean he tried to really make weight. He, he, he push himself to the limit of of, of uh, dehydration, so maybe his body will be more messed up, especially if it goes a, a few more round that it should be. You know what I mean? If it, the fight goes longer. It might have a, a very negative effect on his performance. By the way, what was the, the uh, who, who, if you, if everybody, if both of them made their weight, who did you have winning this fight? I think it was very close. I think I would have gone with uh, Gaethje. You, you would have gone to Gaethje? Yeah, I go against the odds, I think so. I, I know Justin Gaethje a little bit, so I'm biased a little bit. But uh, the reason why is um, recently Oliveira tent to have change a little bit of his style of fighting he, he seems to fall in love a lot with his striking you know what i mean and he's a great striker but he almost got caught with chandler yes exactly yeah. but but that's why so i think his, his main chance of winning the fight the best the smartest way to win that fight against uh gaethje would be to take gaethje out of his comfort zone and if he does that it's goodbye it's finished but i think i'm under the impression that sometimes he, he he get caught in these emotion that he wants to trade, you know, a strike for strike. You know, I don't know if it's for the fans or if he just forgot his, his game plan. He did that his last few recent fight, and, and I'm under the impression that if he does that with Justin Gaethje, it's a bad idea. It's like flipping a coin. You know, you don't want to make the fight a coin toss. You know what I mean? Especially if you know there is a specific area that you can beat your opponent you want to go there. You don't want to make the fight. A, a Let me ask to. you, what does Dana White do now? What 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 does he do mm. last minute? I mean, this is a tough place to be because yes. he can't replace that fight. It's done, right? That fight is off. So the main fight becomes Chandler Ferguson. Is that is that what happens? Is the next car just comes up? Meaning, does the next fight just come up as a main fight? I I no no. I th I think that the it's. I think it stays the same as just the fight. Won't if if uh, Oliver Olivero wins. It won't. It won't be. It won't. So be the fight's still gonna happen. I think so. I think so. Normally, what they do is is they keep the fight. But if Olivero win, he's not winning the belt. Even if he's still champion, is the belt is out now because he didn't make weight. But but, but, but Justin also doesn't get the belt. No, Justin do get the belt if he wins. He has the belt. Yes, he do. No, no. But if Charles win, he don't. if Charles win, he doesn't get the belt. But Justin also doesn't get the belt. No, Justin. If Justin wins, he will become champion. I get it. But if Charles wins, Justin doesn't become the champion. The belt is out that Charles doesn't have it. No, no. Nobody is champion. It's vacant. It's called vacant. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So it's a, it's a big punishment, but it, it's, it's you know. Or a mean? half a pound. Yeah, half a pound. And also, depending where you fight, normally there's a, a certain percentage of your purse, of of your show, show purse. Because normally most fighters they get paid for showing, for sh just show up, yeah. and for the win. So for your show purse, normally which is not all the time, but depending 
what is your contract could be like half uh, half of your purse huh. goes like maybe not half but like maybe 30% of half of your purse goes to your open. This is going to be such a layman's question but I feel bad for the guy. Half a pound. Like, I, that sucks. I feel bad for any athlete. Do you feel bad for the guy? No, I do not feel bad for the guy. Um, it's your duty, your responsibility to be on weight, to be, on, to be on, on the dot. Sometimes, though, there is things that you don't control. Maybe the, 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 the scale that he was using is, is messed up. You know, uh, maybe he, half a pound. Maybe he got, he got, he got uh, sick that, that week and he decided to, you know, for X reason, I'm like, shit, I'm t still taking the fight. You know, we all have done it in the past. You know what I mean? Maybe so you don't feel bad for this guy. I don't feel bad, but until we have more more data on the situation, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see more what, okay. what, who, is, who, is, is up, who is to blame, you know? Fair enough. What's the reaction been? Is, is Twitter reacting to this or no? Like, have you seen we'll what see folks what are saying? Justin said. What did he say? Let me see. Poor bastard still cutting. I'm back at uh, 65 while he's dying. He better make it. He has five minutes. He had already put on 10 pounds after he made weight. Justin did. He had already gained 10 pounds. Let's see what Justin looks like. He already put on 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, I'm back. Interesting to see. Conor McGregor is between the main reserves and misses his weight. Wow, this is this is. Uh, it'll be yeah, interesting to see what happens. I, I think uh, because this was this was one a lot of people were looking forward to. Uh -huh. In the Ferguson fight with Chandler, who do you think is going to take that one? Shoot, it's it, I don't know will take it, but I can tell you, statistically speaking, I believe. If it's a, a short fight, if it finish in the first round, it's because Chandler. of Chandler. But if it goes past the the first, maybe second round, it's going to be Ferguson, I believe. I don't know a lot of fights I've seen with Chandler where I don't don't appreciate the first round. Yeah, it's, Chandler, it's, it's Charles, so He almost took everybody up. So explosive, but, but Ferguson is so tough. Man, he's, he let his arm broke the, the, against Oliveira. It's crazy. It, it's Sometimes it's hard to watch, man. I man, I, I just I just hope sometimes I mean I just hope on the human side that nobody get hurt badly and the best man win. You know what I mean? When you but say when you say it's hard to watch, are ah. you t that particular fight or UFC fights in general? No, no, no. That that particular fight, I, I remember uh, Ferguson he, when he fought Olivero, he let his arm broke. I'm like, man, it was hard to watch. You know, it was completely hyperextended. You mm. saw the the joint like bending on the other side. I mean, it's hard to watch for me. I mean, for me. It, the way I see it, it's a sport, and and we all do that to 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 make to make a living. And it's hard to watch when you see guys that get punished very hard after they they you know they go back to their lives or what, do you still their, enjoy their families. The oh yeah, I, I watch you it, but don't no, I don't watch all the fights. I I watch only the guys. Who that, do you enjoy watching? Like oh, the, this card, it's 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 amazing. It, it's going to be very stacked. I loved it. I like. Uh, Khabib is retiring, but I like uh, Wokanowski, I like uh, Olivero, I like uh, Kamaru Usman, uh, all the champion uh, Francis Ngannou, Cyril yeah. Gann, all the guys. Did you like, do you like watching Conor fight when he was fighting? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love Conor because he brings a certain element of emotion and, mm -hmm. to it that nobody really is able to to do at that same level. Do you I think mean, he'll be a champion? you think he'll get back to the top again? He could, but it's gonna be hard, man. I mean, he's on a losing streak now. I mean, yeah, he no, lost no. his last three fights. He can definitely do it if he. But I think, you know, 
it's hard to go to the buffet when you already ate before. You know? <laughs> By the way, let me just kind of put, put things in perspective. Let me just put you in, things in perspective. Your career earnings UFC, I just searched it, $7 million. Is that about right? Career earnings, not not no. sponsorships outside. No, no, but I, you, I did a lot more. What did UFC pay you? Uh, I did a lot more. The, the, the thing is that people don't know is we have a, a show purse. Yeah. Like the way my contract was, I had a show purse, I had a winning purse, but I have also, um, when I used to fight, Back that, end, back back in the day, I had a percentage of the pay per view buys. Oh no shit! It was part, yeah, of course, okay, it good. was part of my contract. Nowadays, I think it's it's different because the UFCs, I think, give that right to ESPN, and I don't know for how long it is. So the fighters, it's wow. sad because a lot of them they don't have as much power. So you made more money back in the days than today. I think I think because of the infrastructure of how it was Holy made. Shit. I think the fighters had more power before. So I, I'm very lucky to be to have been competing during that era of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Conor McGregor obviously is the one that I think made the biggest earning in the sport mm-hmm. um, because he touched the pay per views. Um, I think I'm don't, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I know like Br- Br- Ronda Rousey is there too. She was amazing. She made great for for herself in terms of of, of, of gain of. Uh, I think uh, Brock Lesnar is there, could be, but I, you know what I mean? I, I'm just very, feel very fortunate to have competed during that era of time. If I would have done it <laughs> during Rice Gracie, Mark Coleman, it was terrible. They were underpaid, like so bad. Right. And if it if it's now, now the problem is they, they have power, but they don't have as much power as we used to have when we, we could touch the, the part, a piece of the pie, you know what I mean? Some fighter does, but I don't think they have as much leverage in negotiation. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Do, do you think, like, if you look at what's evolved within the UFC world, uh, PD's always been a topic of discussion. People right. will throw on it, you know, left and right. Uh, was it more uh, of a topic of discussion early on the early, early days? Or you kind of got away with it back in the day? Was it more in the 2000s? Was it, was- I, it, it was a topic of discussion all the time. But the the thing is, it was so much in your face that it, for me it was ins, it was an insult. You know what I mean? Like like I, I, it's still there's still a problem. We're not gonna lie. There's still a problem. There's still a you know that it, it, it's it, there's still a there's still a problem. And there was always be, but it's much better now. Now they're testing the fighters, but there's still ways that you can cheat. It's 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 kind of easy in a way to cheat in a way. You know what I mean? We all have a card that we fill up that we, it's called a whereabout. You tell them where you are, and every time you, you can lie on that that whereabout. It's, you can't, or you no, can. no, you can't. Yeah. You can lie, and if they show up to test you, they say they are gonna ring you and say, "Hey, we're there to test you. Where are you?" You know what I mean? And you you, you can you know what I mean? You just have to don't. I think it's three two or three three strike you can have. So you know what I mean? The guys that does uh, use performance enhancing drugs, they they have ways of of you know the, the system also could be corrupted sometime. You know what I mean? When there is money involved, there there is always corruption a little bit. So it's much better than it used to be, but it's not perfect. But it's much better. You know, they made they did a good job. Well, the concept of fighter pay—that's something we've been discussing pretty openly. We had Francis Naganu right here. Uh, you've interviewed Dustin Poirier. You've we've had. Uh, uh, Sugar Rashad Evans in here. We've you've been on Rogan. Um, we've had these discussions on fighter pay. Uh, you've broke down the EBITDA of what UFC is, um, but you're saying that fighter pay today could be better. Or what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, yeah, it could be better 100%. It could be better. It, it could always be better. We, like, we are like, I feel, um, the baseball player or hockey player. I know hockey because I'm from Canada. Mm -hmm. In the days that they were underpaid, you know, before they had the, the union to protect them. You know, it's the same thing in, in fighting. One day there will be a union to protect fighters. It, it has to be. It, it doesn't doesn't make sense. Very interesting concept right there because there's the, you know, NFLPA, there's the NBA, they've got their union, the baseball. Uh, why is there no union in the UFC fighting? Well, world? everybody wants to be in control and I think it's, it's, it's when there's money, there's always a conflict and stuff, you know, and I, 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 that's why. There, they has, there have been some organizations that have tried to do it but they, it was mm -hmm. conflicting with others and, and that's very unfortunate but the, the the reason of why they want to do it, it's it's great. It's a great great reason, you know. It's 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 a it's a non it's it's a it's a very good good one. I think it will happen one day, a hundred percent. And and very often it's funny. I have some of the some of the parents they come with their kids. They're like, "Hey, George, this is my son. He's a future mm. world champion of UFC. What advice would you give him?" I tell the kid, I say, hey, "You're doing well at school. Stay at school. Yeah. yeah, train if you want. You know what I mean? Train. You know, do it." And if you, but don't put all your eggs in the same basket, thinking that you're gonna make it, because statistically, you're going against the odds big time. Is one guy on maybe a hundred thousand, maybe even more, you know. And I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about basketball, hockey. All same that. thing. Same thing. Fighting is even worse because you get punched in the head. You know, like American football is very, very bad too. So what I said to the kids, yeah, try to make it, but don't give up school. Yeah. Don't give up school because at least if you're 30 years old or late 20s and you found out that you cannot make it for X reason, if you don't have education, that you have nothing that you can fall back into. But if you do have education, at least you, you have an assurance. You know what I mean? It's very important. Very, very important. I, I, I see in the gym where I train, it's one of the places I love to go because it's it's very therapeutic for me. I love it. I love the science to go train, but it's very sad. Would you have liked it if somebody gave you that advice when you were fourteen? Yes, people give me that advice when but, I was but, fourteen. But do you do you do you? How did you take it when you were fourteen when I, somebody I, said that to you? I took it. I I, I listened. I I stopped school. I stopped. I was in university in kinesiology, and I stopped it when I had my first title shot. And I told my parent because my parent always put school in priority. They say, George, you're not, never gonna leave school and, 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 uh, until you, you live through our supervision. You know what I mean? We're always gonna push you to school. And I, and, I, and I thought it was a great, you know? But when I had my first title shot at the time, I was working like crazy. I had like two, three jobs, studying at school and part-time in, in the same time. And I, I wanted to achieve my dream was to become world champion. When I fought Matt Hughes, before I fought Matt Hughes the first time, a few, few months before I told my parents I say is it okay if I if I stop this this session and I go back if things doesn't turn out I go back next session mm. because if if I miss this opportunity it's my dream to accomplish that, that to become champion I, I I have to train full time to put to put all my the chance of on my side and my parents says yes go for it you know and the the, the, the reality is a lot of the People, when I go train in the gym, they come to me and they want to have advice from me. They say, George, what should I do? And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, when you throw your punch, I give them technical advice. But the real advice, sometimes I should give them, but I cannot do it because they're going to think of me being an arrogant prick. I should tell them, I say, hey, 
Hey, Mr. X, you're 33 years old. You've been losing your last three fights. It's sad to, I'm sad to, 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 to announce you that you're not going to make it. You're not going to go in <laughs> UFC. And even if you, if you make it, your best years are behind you. You know, it's finished. You should keep training, but find yourself a real job, you know, like, like a real goal. In life. And it's sad because I will see their dream shattered in, on, on, in their eyes. And I don't want that meet that person that, that, that tell them that. And it's very sad because it's a movie that I've seen many times is a very, very bad ending. You're going to finish physically broken and, and financially broken as well. You know what I mean? And it's very sad. It, it's, we only talk about the people that makes it, but there's a lot, a lot more people that does not make it. The odds are against you. Mm -hmm. it, it's the reason why, why I, I was able to make it, it it's, it's, yeah, people say you work hard. I work hard, but it, the stars were aligned. I was lucky and fortunate enough to meet the right person at the right time. The path with, was open for me. I made it. You know, maybe if one of, the, of these little things changes, I would never have made it. You know what I mean? You, know, you don't know. Maybe you can have a, a car accident and get hit and, and never be able to compete or never come back the same. I had an ACL tear. I remember it um, was about uh, 10 years ago. I had an ACL tear. The doctor told me, he said, you know, George, if, if you would have had the same injury a few years back, it would be a career ending. So sometimes life, is, the line is so, so tiny. You know what I mean? It's one thing influence another thing. And this, you know what I mean? The, the odds are against you. So you, you need to have an assurance, education. I mean, you as, know? as somebody who's from Canada, what do you think about uh, uh, Justin Trudeau and what's been happening with Canada, Canada the last couple of years? I think it's, uh, man, it's, uh, for me, I've been traveling and it's, it's it, I always feel bad when I go home and everything is closed, the business are closed. And I think they were more uh, conservative in a way that they wanted to, to protect people, but I don't think if it was, I don't know if it was a right choice. You know what I mean? Because I see, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I, I see the world around me. But I, and from what I've seen, what I can judge is the, like people here, business wise, they're more happy than they were, they are back home during the, 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 during the, the, the pandemic, you know, I see more happiness here. Maybe it's because I don't live here, but I come very often than back home, you know. So, so f South Florida or to, to Miami? You're yeah, Florida, uh, Texas, even in the UK, everywhere I go, they, they, they bit their business as maybe not as collapsed as much, you know what I mean? So it's fair to say that Justin Trudeau's policies have not been beneficial to the people of Canada. I, I Maybe it has been beneficial for protecting lives, I guess health but not maybe for business you know what i mean it's hard to you know it's depend how you see it you know and depend depend what you you support the most you know I, i'm more a guy in my life i've take risk in my life i'm more a guy that take risk you know so maybe me i would go more towards a, a risk taking uh mm -hmm. politic you know like like a, a a solution you know what i mean because i'm more willing to take risk that's part of my personality but maybe someone who's more conservative who's afraid he will be more on the other side you know what i mean since you're retired for the last three or four years have you found yourself gravitating more towards politics towards business towards sports in general like where have you actually spent your time focusing on uh I transform myself i i've been taking acting classes 
Uh, it's been more than four years now. I was uh, very fortunate. I had opportunities. Falcon and the Winter Soldiers uh, on Disney+. Plus. I had just finished um, shooting a movie in, in UK now. I was at a sm small roles. So I... Um, I uh, I work on my uh, on my acting skills. It's really? a lot of fun, yeah. And I have a I'm more of an entrepreneur now. I've, I'm I'm helping promoting a, a fitness equipment that we call Base Block that we, that sells online. Mm -hmm. um, a line of food food supplement as well. Warrior from Heart and Soil. It's a heart and liver. So I'm more. I ch my life changed more towards mm -hmm. that side. How are your acting skills right now? Well, it's getting, it's much better than it used to be. <laughs> and, and acting is like fighting. It takes a lot of practice. And um, I was acting all my life. Like I said, I was right. afraid before every fight. But when you see me come out, I look like I'm excited to be there. And I was acting, putting on an act. And same thing in acting and, and fighting, you rehearse. It's a lot of rehearsing. But in fighting, when you re when you practice a lot of situation that can happen in a fight, you find out quickly enough that when you're in a fight, your opponent is never as good as you think he was, and he's never as bad. He's always different. Same thing in acting. You can rehearse a scene as much as you want, but when you get on set, the background might mm. the background might be different. The reaction of the actor with who you're playing might be different. So you have to be like Bruce Lee said, be like water, ready to adapt. I think the best actor and the best athlete are the one that can adapt. The best. Be water. But that's friend. exciting. Be water, my friend. That's exciting to see you go in that direction. Let's do a couple of callers here. Yeah. Guys, I need to go. Use the restroom. The, yes. Yeah, I go drink, I drink, I drink too much water. <laughs> you're I'm the so sorry. Poorly buddy. person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be the first one that ever No, no, it, no. You're the fourth. Give you're me, the fourth give me, He's a part of the it's a, it's a, I drink too much water. Give me, give me 30 seconds. I'm, I'm going to Be water. I got to pee. Go can we Can we set him up? Make sure there's a bathroom available. <laughs> Listen, you have no idea how cool it is. Even fighters got to use the bathroom. Uh, we've had we've had I think four or five people in total. Yeah. Become officially members of the Soyboy Mafia and have to use. The but you kicked it off. You started the whole that was all uh, me. tradition. Then it was uh, the biz doc. So what you what you think about some of the stuff he was talking about? I tell you, I got goosebumps when he talked about when he saw the guy, uh, the homeless guy mm -hmm. on the street, and and, and he talked about. The father, yeah. his father, going to the guy's house because he ratted on him, what have you, and he saw the what what the kid was truly dealing with—a drunk, abusive father—and that was the reason that he was lashing out with him on the bus. He's a deep dude, man. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning. He's a, he's he's not just a he's not just a the guy's a tough into guy. AI. He's into dinosaurs. He's into the most interesting things. He's a, he's not a uh, he's not a regular guy. The challenge, you know, sometimes you. You, you see the, the, a person that makes it to the highest level. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, you know, you the, the challenge then becomes when, you know, you're talking to the kids are coming up to him. Hey, you know this. And he's like, hey, focus on schools and focus on do this. It becomes, uh, it, it becomes you. I read a book one time that says uh, uh, about guilt. Never feel guilty about the price others have to pay to win at the highest level. Never feel guilty about the highest price everybody else has to uh, pay to win at the highest level, right? 
sometimes as a parent or as a businessman or somebody that gives your best, you're like, shit, man, I know how much money, how much you need to put into it. You don't want to see another person have to put that kind of sacrifice into it. Anyways. Uh, uh, Sorry, so, guys. No, nah, it's, it's all good, man. Good. It's all good. If we got the callers, I, let's get the callers in. If they're ready, John, if you got callers, we're ready here. I haven't ate anything today except for some little fruit and I drink too much water. I guess it's it does, the uh, water. We, that we don't could have gotten good. you whatever you wanted, George. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we have Chase on the phone. Perfect. Chase, how you doing? We can barely hear you, buddy. So whatever you're doing, you just kind of uh, left us for a second. Still can't hear you. John, maybe let's get to the next caller for somebody that we can hear. Go ahead, Johnny. Stand by. Sure. Yeah, it looks like we're not getting... uh You got the next one? They're on. It's just that the audio is pretty low. Yeah, something's wrong with the audio. You can just keep it moving. Okay. You you fought Caro uh, uh, Parisian. How was that when you fought Caro? Caro was a badass coming up. He was fun to watch. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, man, I, it was my first fight in UFC, and, I, man, I was so excited to be there at the time. But I was so scared at the same time. I'm saying I'm saying it's excited because because that's the word that we use. But in reality, it's scared. I was scared, and um, I know he's Armenian, mm-hmm. Aro Parisian, yeah. and uh, he he had one new crazy good weapon that we knew. It was this Kimura. Kimura constant. Lock. Yes, yeah. the Kimura is a lock that you do. You can break the rotator mm-hmm. cuff of the shoulder. He is so good with that particular move that everybody knows that he's good at it, but nobody is able to stop him. Mm. And I, I knew going into that fight that was his main, like the bread, his bread and butter. And I, and I got caught in his kimura in that fight, but I was able to to get out. Uh, luckily for me, it was cl- yeah, close that, call. That was a, that was an incredible fight. By the way, who's in your top five? Nelson Rodriguez Jr. just asked, "Who's your top five? If you were to name to top five, and uh, you know, the greatest of all time, who would you have on that list?" Uh, I think the number one for me is Royce Gracie because, uh, of course, if you put him in the octagon right now, he would have he would not have do so well because sport has changed. But for his time, I think for me, it was the greatest of all time. Things that he have done will never be done again. I mean, maybe not of my living. I think you can put uh, Dimitri- Dimitrius Johnson. You can put Mark Coleman probably. Can put uh, John Jones, of course, Anderson Silva, these guys. Um, yeah, Mark Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, lo- I used to love them when he won wow. the, fr- the the Pride Grand Prix at the time. Yeah. In Japan. It was so he was the, the best of the best. The, the natural follow up to that is because if you so remove your ego from the situation, right? GSP. Everyone would put you in their top five. Everybody. Do you feel uncomfortable putting yourself on that list? No, no, no. I I, I understand. I I'm in the the list, but the the. The greatest of all time, it depends. It, it varies. It's a very subjective thing. The thing is, it, it, in a sport like fighting, it's very subjective. Who's better, Ali or, or, or Tyson? Who's better, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In fighting, we cannot measure performance. However, if I ask you who's the fastest sprinter, you're going to have to tell me that it is yeah. Usain Bolt. There is no choice. Right. You know why? Because we can measure. Same thing in lifting. Uh, the sport that you have a, an instrument of measure you have to go with the result. It's written. And fighting is different. And we we often feel sometimes that the fighters of the past are better than the one today. Very often. But I think 
it's illogical to think that way. And as hard and painful it is for me because I retire, I believe the fighters of today are better than the one of yesterday, but the fighter of tomorrow and of the future will be even better. So the, the real GOAT is not even born yet. And it's not because the guys are better. It's because they are standing on shoulders of giant. They benefit, they have a head start because they, they learn from their predecessor. The technology, the, the, the stuff. We just talk about how you can learn from a cell phone now, nowadays. It's crazy. I can learn from, with a cell phone jujitsu moves. I couldn't do that back in the day. I had to go to from Montreal to drive to New York to learn these these skills. You know what I mean? So things are different. So if I would take Royce Gracie and put him putting him today with the technology, the knowledge that he would benefit, maybe he would be just as good or maybe better than anybody uh, here in the in the present day. You know, but there is no way to find out. By the way, uh, uh, last topic here before we wrap up with. Uh the direction UFC is going, when you see Kobe, Masvidal, Conor, Dustin, some of the smack-talking ways that's going on, how they talk trash to each other. Part of it is a show. Is there a line one shouldn't cross when it comes down to smack-talking? Because when you guys were doing, you know, who was the biggest smack-talker when you were in your 20s? Uh, 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 who would you say was the biggest smack-talker? Would you say... Uh, maybe oh. it wasn't even in your class. Yeah. Was there anybody that said this guy wouldn't stop talking trash nonstop? This is an interesting, interesting question that you brings. Um, for me, uh, I know that it's a, a mental warfare, especially in fighting, because we, we don't play games. The outcome of a of a, of a loss or a win it, it can change a life. And I'm not talking about physical injuries i'm talking about money you know you, you you win a lot more money and you gain a lot more opportunity opportunities if you win than if you lose it's, it's crazy the outcome is mm -hmm. have a nef profound effect on an individual and is is surrounding therefore knowing this there is no line to cross and i know some fighter will cross that line me, you can say whatever you want to me. Maybe because of my experience with bullying, I'm used to put on a mask and a, and, and a shield on me. So it comes and it deflects or it goes to one here and it goes out, no problem. However, if you start talking shit about my, my family, now it's a different problem. So that's why, I knowing this about myself, I always deflected family question, like stuff like, oh, uh, uh, like, 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 like father or like, like everything family. I don't talk about it. Nobody knows about me. It's the thing that I'm the most proud of, but is my is is my treasure. And I'm in a fighting game. It's a different game than, mm -hmm. than basketball game. Yeah. And people will try to make you derail. They might they try to make you lose your mind. And I can give you example of, of that. Sugar Ray Leonard against Roberto Duran. When they fought in Montreal, I believe that Sugar Ray Leonard is a much better boxer than than Roberto Duran. I mean, I mean, at this level, it's it's very close. But I believe Leonard is better. But when they fought in Montreal, Le uh, Duran insulted the wife of 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 uh, Shaguri Leonard. Mm -hmm. Leonard goes crazy. He wanted to show that he's a man, so he stood up and he changed the way he fought because he he became emotional. When Conor McGregor won the first fight against Jose Aldo, same thing. He became Jose Aldo became emotional. He wanted to. He became enraged, tried to give him... He never did that. He leaped forward like crazy, tried to knock him out with one punch. McGregor is, a, is an amazing counterpuncher. 12 seconds. Slip, 
boom, boom. finish. Same thing with Khabib. When Conor McGregor tried to do the same thing with Khabib talking. Uh, about his religion. Yes, his religion, his dad, and stuff like that. So some fighter will, will cross that line. That's why I never expose my family. Never. Every interview, never going to. You know what? I always deflected, deflected. Well, Nick Diaz they're, tried to get under your skin. Nick was. Uh, uh, remember that one time you guys had an exchange they, where you said, What are you talking about? They what don't, are you ha- talking they don't about? have the information. Okay. They don't have the data to get under my skin. They, ah, they, they cannot ah, give it. I so never make that available to them. I never yeah. make that. I never showcase this part of my life because it's the part of my life that I'm the most proud of. Mm. Is my treasure that the most? I'm talking about all my achievement, my my career is this is nothing. Cool. My, my, but but I, I never expose this because yeah. it's to protect me. Yeah. Because I'm in, I'm in that business. It's a hard business and it's hardcore business. But I don't want that part of me being exposed. George, crazy question. So your record your record is what twenty six and two. 26 and 2 or 28 and 2 at the end? It's one of those two, right? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm yeah, sorry. It's I'm, one of those two. I'm, I'm but, so but, sorry. What's I, crazy is both of the losses, you came back and I think you beat Matt two or three times and you beat obviously Sarah. But but the question is the following. Say those fights were no gloves and it was in the street with the same exact 28 fights. Would your record still be 26 and 2? or Would be better. Would be much better. You think so? <laughs> 100%. Can you tell me why? It's first in street fight. I have a lot of experience in street fight. I've I've been in many street fight when I was young, you know. And it's the same thing. It's about the element of surprise. If you have the element, of, if you're the aggressor, you do not have the element of surprise. And street fight is different than fighting. Hmm. And, and and I have a lot of experience. If you're the nice guy, being a nice guy will give you a head start, because in street fight, when you feel the heat rising, you have the element of surprise to start and and and. And, and and do this and fighting if you if you have the, the element of surprise it's a huge huge advantage so your record would have been better than 100 percent first and and also would be very very good because of my style of fighting i was very good every time you you start a fight you start every time the round ends you have to start you know like another fight you know me i, I was always better at, at starting very strong but sometimes what breaks the momentum is the round then they, they restart again, you know what I mean? So you would have preferred 10 minute rounds than five minute I would, rounds. I would prefer a 25 minute round. Straight. Straight on. I think that's how that'd it should be. be. I think the reason why there is round, <laughs> and, and I think the reason why there is be round is be, because to make the sport legal, they need it to make it look a little bit like boxing. Boxing, yeah. If you want to see who's the best man, let them fight. Let them fight with no round. And I, I think know. that would be, you know, there's a different way of judging it, but that's how it should have been. What's the surprise move that you that you, that you would use? You're saying that, the, I mean, you, maybe you can't tell it, but... Jump oh, left, uh, uh, jump uh, uh, left, But you're punch. saying like, you're saying you'd be better because the element of surprise. Yeah, oh, you, 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 yeah in a street fight, there, there's yeah. a... But, but in a, in a, yeah, in a, in a street fight, it's it never start with a referee, that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like this, but in, in, the, in the street... Yeah, in, in a street fight, that, that's why you have the limit of sorry. But I was very good at knowing when when I felt the heat rising. Yeah, like I was. You would attack the first one. Yeah, and you're saying when people were talking trash, or you think that they were gonna hit you, and that you're like the quiet guy. Bang. Quiet, exactly. But very often when I was in schoolyard, it was not only one guy after me. It was like two, three guys. In they Montreal, were, they, they were older than me. So why the hell were they picking on you so much, <laughs> bro? What were you doing when you're? I was not a cool guy. I was not a cool guy, guys. I was, <laughs> Gang, before we wrap up, this is your last chance for super chat a bunch of you guys have already done we're about to do the raffle in three minutes if you do want to participate in the raffle and get your name in there uh go ahead and put it in there for some of you guys that are wondering about charles Oliveira, we already talked about that earlier 
uh, and a bunch of other topics uh, in regards to Khabib. At the beginning, we talked about how much it would take to get him in the ring with Khabib. You're going to need to go back and watch exactly what the answer to that was. Michael Bisping. <laughs> Michael Bisping uh, 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 was also one that was uh, good at getting under people's skin, right? Very like good, he, yes. Somebody said here, he imitated, imitated you. Do you know how to imitate him? <laughs> You bloody bastard! <laughs> what a prick! <laughs> I, I was with guy. Michael Bisping quite recently. I was in uh, Manchester. We had a drink together. It was really? Funny. It was recently. Fun. Yeah. Did he have like a movie or documentary come out about his life? Where his yes, eyes? It, it's very good. Yeah. It's very good, and, yeah. and he, he's, a, he's a lot of fun to hang out with. I mean, Bisping. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of stuff have has been said, but I, I behind all this. Fugazi things is there, there's a human and and it, yeah. I always have a good time catching up with some of my old adversary. To, is there to talk. anybody you guys that you guys don't get along till today or no? Everybody is there, uh, there's nobody today. There's absolutely nobody that I've fought that if I, let's say I would drive my car and I would see them on the side side uh, having a problem, I would stop for every one of them. You have no beef, no beef, with, and it's I so don't I, and, I, and I don't think anybody has beef with me. I don't think so. I, all the stuff that I've been said and done, even if it was very edgy, it was only for business. For me, it's not personal. So the next trip is you got to take a trip to Stockton, California. <laughs> you even go to even, even Diaz, I, I wish him the best of luck and everything. Yeah. I, I don't hold any grudge, nothing. I, I really do. I really wish him. I hope if he come, decides to come, to come back, and he did last time. It didn't look good, but I I hope if he does it for the right reason, he has the motivation. I wish him the best. I wish him the title. Loved watching those guys fight. Yeah. Was there anybody when you were coming up, you watched fight that you said, dude, uh, this guy had the goodies to become very, very great. Like, was there anyone that you felt we never saw the best of him when he was coming up, same era as you? Uh, th there's a lot of guys. A lot of guys I've seen, especially in the gym, that are that were very talented, very good, but they never made it. Because they, they, I don't know if it's mentally they they couldn't pull pull the trigger. They, they, there's a lot of these guys. Like mm -hmm. you just talk about, there's a lot of these guys. So that's why it's like a funnel. There's so many guys that has potential, but it, when you narrow it down, there's only one that made it. Uh, Sometimes the stars are just aligned better for one guy. I I, I don't know. I, I'm. You know, I believe like people are like, oh yeah, you work hard, blah, blah, blah. you made your yes, but it's not necessarily true. I'm, I don't agree with that a hundred percent. I believe there's a lot of, I'm, I believe in the causality. I believe there is cause and effect, and that I believe our ignorance sometimes made it in a way that we call certain things chances. But I don't believe there is chances. I believe it's there's always a cause, and by definition, if there is a cause, there is. No free will, in a way. It's kind of weird to think about it, but that's how almost, I... Almost like we got a, our own UFC philosopher uh, on our hands. I right told there. you, he's, he's deep. Yeah, he's he, deep what's no, the story no. with dinosaurs? Why do you like dinosaurs? I like dinosaurs. I've always been fascinated by dinosaurs because when I was young, I was drawing monster And what looks the most like a monster is a dinosaur. Dinosaur. And, mm -hmm. and I believe if you know about the past, it helps you understand the future. And sometimes helps you predict uh, the future. You know what I mean? If you know about the past, it helps you understand the present and helps you sometimes predict the future. Well, right? you know, we are standing on the shoulders of giant dinosaurs. 
I don't know if you in knew Florida? that. In Florida? Is yeah. that what it was? That's T-Rex was right in Florida? Hey, I, 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 I have one quick question. One yeah. guy, I'm obsessed with this guy. T-Rex were not in Florida. They were in he's, the, the west part of... He's uh, teasing you. He's the, trying to... We are standing on the shoulders of, of giant dinosaurs yeah. in general. Uh, but I have one guy that I'm obsessed with these days. I want to get your thoughts on this guy. Patty the Batty Pimblet. What are your thoughts on this guy? Yeah. Uh, I met him briefly in, in, in England, in Manchester too. Yeah, He's very charismatic. Yeah. Um, He's good. He's a, he, he, to be a, a successful to be successful in this business of fighting, you need to be skilled. But more, more than that, you need to be charismatic. And yeah. in order to be charismatic, a lot of guys feel that they need to trash talk to to imitate Conor McGregor. But you don't have to do that. I sold a lot of pay per view because I was just authentic to who I am. And I think Paddy the Batty is is very authentic. Yeah. I think he's a very charismatic guy. He's got a weird style. I really enjoy watching him fight. And I think he's. He's gonna be a. He's still a star, but he's gonna be even more of a of a big draw. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I the, the sky is the limit. for And me. I think he is being authentic. I don't think it's an act. No, it's not an act. But there is guys that it, you could clearly see it's an act. It's, it's unfortunate because they shoot themselves in the foot when they do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because it cool. doesn't work for them. Doesn't work yeah. for them. And and to be. It's got to be natural. You need to be like you are. Like like and it's sometimes it's not necessarily malicious in a malicious way. You, you, you we all do this. For the best of our own interests, and some guys they will do this because they know that's the best, the best way they can help themselves to achieve what they want to yeah. achieve. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not. I don't see it necessarily in a malicious way. Even like, like you see, like sometimes Conor McGregor will say stuff that are very edgy. I mean, for me, it's 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 it could become personal because he will attack your personal life, but it's. It's 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 business in a way, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Last question: the uh, uh, UFC, who could replace Dana White? I've asked this question from quite a few different people. Just curious to know what your thoughts on this. Man, I don't think. I mean, everybody can. Some said Daniel Cormier. He said Daniel couldn't do my job. But who do you think could replace? Dana? I don't think nobody can replace Dana White. I don't think so. I mean, I mean to do to be as good as Dana White was. I think some someone can come and fill the hole. Maybe not be like Dana White, be better at certain things that Dana White, maybe sometimes Dana White is not very diplomatic, so it could be it could be more diplomatic, but maybe to, to, to be a promoter, to, to be intense, as, as unique as Dana White, is only one guy is Dana White. It doesn't mean it, his job cannot be taken and he cannot be replaced. I think everybody can be replaced, but nobody, everybody is unique and everybody has a different unique personality and Dana White is, is very charismatic. He's in the unique category. Yes. Let's do the raffle. Okay, Tyler, if we're ready, uh, we got a bunch of guys that did 100% of this is going to go to uh, George St. Pierre Foundation. One person's going to get this. Start set, it. set this up for success. What's going to happen right now? Someone's going to get a signed uh, click a button uh, 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 glove by GSP. Okay. Is that it or is it going to go to Zuniga? Who is it? Jake, <laughs> Jake Carlin. Carlin. Congratulations to you, Jake Carlin. Uh, send us an email. Uh, put the information there. You're going to get this glove being sent to you. Congrats to you. Uh, this was great, uh, 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 GSP. 
Uh, what a great story you got. It's been a pleasure having you on, man. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, Thank you. Thank you for, for uh, the opportunity, guys. Thank yes. You. Uh, final thoughts. If guys want to find you, you know, is there any project you're working on right now you want to share with people? I think you got something going on with Warrior. Yeah. Maybe War- share some War- of the stuff you got coming up. Yeah. I'm, uh, people that are interested in investigating about animal-based diet. I mean, uh, I have a line of uh, supplement with heart and soil. It's called Warrior Line. It's heart and liver that has been desiccated in a process called dry freeze. And uh, it's great for uh, because in the Western part of the world, we don't really eat organs. But if you go see see how hunter-gatherer uh, tribe lives, that's the first thing they go for when they when they kill an animal. So it's very interesting. Anyway, this could help a lot of people. And also, uh, I'm uh, with uh, fitness equipment, the base blocks, the, the pro line. So you can go check it out online. Let's put the link below. Let's let's find the link and let's put the link below for people to be able to get it. Uh, GSP, thank you so much for coming thank on, you, man. This was a blast. Appreciate you, buddy. Take care, everybody. We don't have anything till next week. Do we have podcast? Tuesday. Tuesday, 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 Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, Russia, we'll Ukraine, do podcasts yeah. with you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.